Welcome to the Band of Brothers Cycling Podcast. In this series, we talk about the biggest races in cycling and how we prepare for them and give you some insight into the personalities within the team. Hi everyone and welcome to the second episode of the Band of Brothers podcast. My name is Steph Constant, I'm one of the team press officers and today we'll be catching up with Marco Haller ahead of the very first monument of the season, Milan San Remo. So Marco, thanks for joining us. Hi everyone. And of course I'm joined yet again by my wonderful colleague Andreas Hartmann. Hello. Um, hello Steph, hello Marco and hello everyone. Now Andreas, before we start grilling Marco about Saturday's race, would you be so kind as to give us a slight overview of the parkour that we can expect this weekend? Yes, it's finally Milano Sanremo weekend. And uh, I'm really stoked about that because it's definitely my favorite monument and maybe even my favorite race of the season. Um, I really like the idea of the Primavera, that's what it's called in, in Italian. The race to the spring, it starts in usually grey, late winter Milano and goes all the way south to the coast of Liguria over the Passo del Tuacino and then all along the coast towards the Capi, that's the final hills of the race and they are called Capomele, Capocervo, Capoberta, the Cipressa and finally the departure and uh, those short climbs those hills are usually the decisive um, climbs and um, the decisive moments of Milano Sanremo it's the longest race of the season almost 300k I think with neutralization it is 300k am I right Marco yeah they are adapting the parkour every year a tiny little bit but overall you should have it roughly 300 kilometers whatever it is at the end of the day is it 297 or 302 we also we always say it's a 300 kilometer race yeah so, but it's for sure the longest the longest race day of the season so marco how many times have you done san remo already to be honest i had to uh, look it up um uh, and uh Pro cycling stats were so kind and tell me it was uh, five editions so far. So I'm uh, getting ready, ready for my sixth one on this Saturday. You're a veteran. Seems like. <laughs> you always said winning San Remo once would be a dream. What makes the race so special for you? Well, first of all, you already mentioned it. Uh, just a pure fact that, is, uh, that it is a monument. It's uh, one of the five big races in cycling. So definitely, uh, if you can put your name on one of those uh, Palmares lists, it would be, would be amazing. But uh, the, the special thing of uh, San Remo is certainly the, the distance, as you said, and the pure fact that uh, you are... Uh, starting in Milano and uh, 300 kilometers later you arrive on the, at the coastline uh, of San Remo. It's a very special race. Uh, so you had a good winter, a good off-season, but unfortunately you caught COVID in February. Um, how are you feeling at the moment after that? Are you happy with your shape given everything that's happened? Yeah, seems uh, this virus obviously hit the entire peloton and also and also myself, I was uh, very 
optimistic about uh, the winter training uh, when we were together with the team on Mallorca, but obviously later on with COVID, uh, things didn't go to plan. Uh, it also hit me a bit harder than I actually had hoped for, but uh, we are on our way back and building towards uh, the next goals. It's not only San Remo coming, but also the Belgian Classics, so it's anyway a busy time of racing coming up, and we need to try to get back to shape as quick as possible. Um, I still need to be uh, honest to myself that I'm not exactly where I actually want to be, but uh, since uh, every day is uh, feeling a bit better than the day before, I'm quite optimistic um, we can have a good San Remo on Saturday. Talking about shape, um, you wrote Tirreno and now also uh, Milano-Torino. Could you use those races as a good preparation and um, how does it work to have a week of hard racing and come out with, with good shape from it? Well, actually, um, Tirreno could be a perfect, uh, a perfect preparation for Milano Saremo in, in that particular instance because we had uh, mostly good weather. It was rather fresh, but uh, quite intense racing. So the only thing you need to do after is rest up well and most importantly stay healthy we could already see that uh, there were um, uh, a few guys uh, struggling with illnesses after Torino Adriatico so we still need to hope that everything uh, stays well till Saturday but uh, in theory we should be best prepared at least best prepared as we can be under the circumstances so since Torino what have you been up to in the past week have you been focusing on recovery or have you been doing any key types of trainings to prepare for the race on the weekend. What have you been doing in particular? Um, well, it was uh, rather easy going in this last uh, week, obviously. We, first, we had some easy days at uh, uh, Pesquera de Garda to just uh, chill a bit and uh, rest up after the hard Tireno. And uh, after that, we moved on to do the uh, the, the old race of uh, Milano-Torino to, to just uh, keep the rhythm of racing and uh, soon it's time to move on to the team hotel to Milano to prepare the Primavera and gather there with the rest of the team. Okay, let's talk about La Primavera. Um, tell us a bit more about the, about the parkour. It's the longest uh, single day race, we've already heard that. Um, talk us through the route a bit. Yeah, the the the, the funny fact of the race what uh, many riders would tell you is that it's maybe actually the easiest race to ride but maybe the hardest one to win and uh, just for the pure fact that uh, San Remo has been won by all kinds of riders sprinters or punchers and even like uh, proper climbers like Nibali so uh, it gives you a, a huge or a wide uh, scenario of uh, outcomes and that's exactly what makes the race uh, uh, so so interesting. If you take for example Paris-Roubaix or Flanders it could as well be that uh, 30, 40 or maybe 50 kilometers in you already know um, five riders who will eventually win the race while in San Remo you don't know it until the very last meter and that makes it so special. And then it's the next fact that it's uh, the intensity and excitement is just uh, ramping up like in a theater movie or whatever you want to compare it with like really the easy slow roll out from milano in the neutral zone 
mostly a little bit misty and bad weather and then uh, race starts and kicks off uh, riding towards the Tokino that's the first little highlight not only uh, on altitude meters but also uh, the first time you get proper stress and uh, then comes the long downhill going towards uh, the sea obviously and then uh, it's actually last time and last chance to prepare for the final what you already said beforehand you have the intro with the capos and then the Cipresa and the Boccio to decide who is the winner in San Remo. I recently talked to Sam Bennett about the race and uh, he told me that one of the very crucial points of the race most people don't think about is right after the start in Milano and that are, these are the, the train tracks which are really <laughs> tricky sometimes and have caused um, quite some crashes in the past. Can you confirm that? I know exactly what he means because it's uh, it's a funny kind of because like uh, there are the tramways uh, through the old town of Milano and I guarantee you that every sport director uh, one of the last things he tells his riders is guys neutral zone 10 kilometer we stop anyway at kilometer zero so no stress most important don't crash on these tramways but every year you at least see one rider piled up there with his bike and you think of already already now and you still got 300 kilometers to go okay so the train tracks are one of the first crucial points which are the next crucial points in your in your opinion Paso del Turquino and then as soon as the race hits the coast is it kind of a a new race from there on or how does it feel for you well, like any other race, it actually starts with kilometer zero. It just uh, maybe the approach is a little bit different to, to all the other races. Um, it's maybe not race deciding what you are doing in these first 150 kilometers till the Turquino, but you uh, have uh, to have small details in mind, like uh, uh, when you stop for for peeing, when you get your biddens, when uh, you go to the car, like because uh, obviously on a 300 kilometer kilometer race you need to do it more often than usually so you need to think about it uh, very carefully to not waste uh, energy um, so you need to be a little bit more thinking about uh, about this stuff and then obviously with uh, the approach of the Tokino it's the first time your heart rate will really go up you need to fight for a proper position because the downhill is usually very tricky also every now and then unfortunately some crashes or maybe some mechanicals or punctures that really can cause uh, a lot of stress and can cost you a lot of energy so you need to be on the sharper end at that point of course something else that you also need to be attentive to is in a race like this the winds so how important is the wind situation going to be on the weekend and what kind of indication do you have about what it's going to be like well, that's actually the next thing um, for the fact that you are covering 300 different kilometers, so you're not doing circuits or anything. You are also going through various different uh, weather conditions usually. It's very uncommon that you have uh, the, the, the same weather in Milano than in uh, uh, in the finish in San Remo so you need to be well prepared and also the sport directors need to do a, 
very good job in the car and beforehand to prepare. But usually, and quite logically, when you come down from the Tokino and you hit the sea, you normally get to warmer conditions and therefore uh, you really need to get a race ready there. I mean, uh, get rid of your jackets, maybe get the extra biddens and then uh, start to refocus for the final. And that's definitely already the last entire 100 kilometers. You just mentioned the final. And usually when it comes to the final, the positioning is getting more and more important. Where would you say is it most important to be in a good position before the Cipressa or the Pocho or maybe even earlier on the on the smaller Cappi? Um, yeah, everyone is obviously talking and thinking about the Capos and the Cipressa and the Pocho, but uh, uh, always the same old story. There you maybe make the decision, you make the decision on the Cipressa or the Pocho, but you can lose the race on any other, on any other moment. And uh, especially those narrow cities uh, uh, on the coast, uh, sometimes uh, with slippery roads and uh, a bit of road furniture, they have already seen uh, some... Um, favorites uh, uh, paying for not being attentive so it's definitely they're already where you need to keep an heads up and then uh, uh, without discussion uh, the the further up you can enter the cipressa the better because it gives you more uh, kind of space to to drift back okay so we've talked about the parkour and and in theory what we should look out for but what do you think actually will happen on the weekend and how do you expect things to, to go for the team? And what's an ideal scenario for the team? Um, as it looks now, it uh, should be uh, a lot of tailwind as soon as we hit the coast. So we expect a very uh, hard and fast final. And uh, we don't need to uh, exaggerate it or whatever. Like uh, It's a pure fact that we have uh, the UAE team and uh, Jumbo Visma being the big favorites for... Uh, Saturday so uh, we can go uh, easily in a little bit uh, in an underdog role and uh, that's exactly what we need to do we need to be attentive we need to be there but we need to be uh, rather calm and uh, it sounds ironic but the less television time we get the better we might actually race because then we are hiding well and doing uh, our work efficient and exactly that is what um, I want or what the team wants uh, uh, from us riders to be ready when it really matters and therefore we need to be uh, really careful with spending energy. And how do you rate our chances on the weekend? Um, well, they are obviously there because uh, many on many occasions not the big favorites stroke in San Remo and as I said before, um, uh, if a, a big group uh, is coming uh, eventually to, to, to San Remo, we have, uh, for example, uh, Danny van Poppel, who seems to be in a very top shape, or if the group is uh, even bigger, we have Sam Bennett. I mean, uh, everyone, everyone knows him. You don't and you don't need to explain him to the public. So that would be certainly a very interesting thing. But on the other hand, we also have newcomers or debutants in the team with uh, Giovanni Aliotti, and I can also remember myself that uh, probably the first Sanremo I did was actually my best one. So uh, I can already feel with him uh, for the excitement and the passion, uh, especially an Italian must have for this uh, race. So uh, everything's possible. We've already learned that Tailwind at Milano Sanremo 
is not very ideal for the sprinters as they can hide less um, on the Cipressa and on the on the Porcho. Tell us something about the game plan of Bora Hansgrohe for for Saturday. Well, obviously the the race plan still need to be discussed, and it's uh, like uh, every time now these days you now, now these days you almost need to fine tune your plan on the on the exact day because um, uh, you never know how the riders feel and how how we are going and how we are doing, and uh, maybe that can be actually. Um, a secret for the for the Saturday to be and stay flexible, like uh, be prepared for many scenarios, so we can uh, play a little bit. And what's your specific role in this game plan, Levals? Well, um, me next to uh, Cesare Benedetti, we are probably the guys with the most uh, uh, runs towards San Remo, so we we certainly will take on the role uh, of guiding the team a little bit and. Uh, telling them when to move and when to hide and uh, this is basically my job uh, for Saturday to be a little bit the road captain. For me it's a very romantic um, idea of a, of a bike race like leaving the late winter and arriving in the spring or riding towards the spring in, in just a single day. Um, is this something you experience as a as a rider as well when you when you race Milano San Remo or is it just you're only in the tunnel and it's it's only racing you don't recognize that you slowly make it to the spring? No, no. Uh, I mean, uh, since it's uh, roughly seven hours you're spending on your bike, you cannot be in the tunnel for the entire race, obviously. And uh, especially with the rollout in, in, in Milano, usually I think it's 10 o'clock or something. Uh, it's still fresh, it's cold. You're packed and wrapped in uh, your clothing and you, you slowly get going. And as I said, uh, when you hit the coast, you also have the feeling you, you, you ride into a different climate zone. So it's definitely, uh, like you said, uh, it's just different. It's you're going from A to B, you're not riding uh, on a circuit, so uh, it's it's quite cool uh, when you even look at your training file afterwards and you see where you started and where you actually ended this, it's uh, still something uh, that makes you proud if you achieve it, just for the fact to, to finish it. Something you want to add or something that was never been said about San Remo. Um, what have never been said, I don't know. It's obviously one of the biggest bike races in the world, so a lot of people keep talking about it. It's uh, <laughs> the only thing I'd mentioned, but I don't want to harm the myth of San Remo, is obviously that probably it's harder to to finish uh, Liege Baston Liege or uh, the the Tour of Flanders. But like I said before, it's probably one of the easier monuments but definitely one of the hardest one to win because uh, aside of uh, physical uh, readiness you also need to a little bit of luck and the right coolness to be there when it really matters wish you marco all the best for the race thank you fingers fingers crossed that the uh, the team's game plan can work out and that marco you can enjoy some of the scenery <laughs> along the long journey <laughs> 
and uh, I'm sure it's going to be an exciting race and it's going to be great to see you at the start line. So um, thanks for joining us for our second ever episode, Marco. Yeah, it was a pleasure to have me on board. And thank you as always, Andreas. Thank you, Steph and Marco, and all the best for Saturday. And last but not least, thanks to our listeners for tuning in to the Band of Brothers podcast. We hope to see you again for our next episode, which features none other than Nils Pollitt ahead of the Tour of Flanders. So until next time.